that track will be explained in the very near future uh, to you all as you get a very good morning and a welcome to Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry here on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast where we are also streaming live at all the wsocrfm.org.au. I'd like to pay my respects to and acknowledge the Gulijan people who are the custodians of the land we're on here today, as well as the Gadabanud down the coast. And I would also like to pay my respects to their elders past, present and future. Good day, Eddie. Good morning, Gregory Robert. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. We've warmed it up in here. It's, I just looked it up. It's 11 degrees here in Colac. 13 degrees in Geelong. I, they reckon it's going to be 18 in Melbourne, but anyway, it's still cool and it's spring, fourth day of spring. Look, today we're going to be finding out about the Colac and District Family History Group Incorporated. And so in the studio, Norma Baker is with us, in, uh, Baker, Baker is with us. She's their honorary secretary and organises. And it was a little bit of a battle too, wasn't it, Norma? Because you've got a lunch immediately after this, haven't you? Uh, no, not no, today. Not no, today. not today. No, that was the other day. The other day. I thought you had a lunch. No. You had to race to... No, Meryl's got to go on train to Melbourne. Meryl's on a train, or the train to Melbourne. We had to drive the car down today. Right. We normally get the train. And now I'm saying hello and talking to Meryl, <laughs> Meryl O'Donnell. And she's, she's their treasurer and media manager. I am. You're going to get the train to Melbourne. I am. We normally get the train okay. to here. Yep. Now, got to the railway station... And they said, if you want to get to Colac, you've got to go back to Geelong on the 8.55 from Warren Ponds to Geelong to get on a coach. They didn't even have coaches coming via Warren Ponds. So we had to hop in the car and drive, get our refund and hop in the car and drive down to well, make sure we were here. I bought my ticket only about half an hour ago, so I'm hoping they wouldn't sell one to me if there's no train. <laughs> well, let's hope everything gets sorted out beforehand. Yep. But if the worst comes to the worst, yep. we, can give you a oh, lift. Okay, we can give you a lift to Geelong. Because <laughs> I'm going to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory in Melbourne tonight, so oh, that's why I'm going. So I oh, really well, need to be there. We will <laughs> double-check it before before we let you go today. We'll double-check that the train's all right. Um, but anyway... We're going to, what is the Colac and District Family History Grouping? That's the main thing I need to find out first. Okay, well, the name's pretty self-explanatory. It's, it's um, a family history group is uh, an organisation where we're really interested in the history of the people of Colac and District. And a lot of um, our groups are called genealogical societies, but we just kind of went with the... Simple name of family history group. And we cover an area from pretty much from Cressy to the coast and from um, the Stony Rises to oh, maybe halfway to Winchelsea is probably the area we cover. So it's a fairly big area. Yeah, well, and when I, I looked up your website yep. and it had a listing about all the, fa- the it said it actively collects information about families who were residents of the following areas. Mm. And I reckon it's got about 80 names. Yeah. and I know they're all in this area, yep. but mm. I hadn't even seen some of the names. <laughs> don't worry, we come across some we don't know. <laughs> because they, were, they, were, they must be obscured as a point of more or less being a couple of blocks or something, are they? Or what? how does it work? I think a lot of them were logging areas, mm. a lot of timber mills in the area in the history, um, back in the history, because we have the school records on our database down there, and I was looking at them yesterday, and we actually cover 88 schools from this area. 
88 schools. 88 schools. Mm. Where are they all? Well, they've all long since gone, but over time... So we're going back to the late 1800s, early 1900s, and there were little schools scattered everywhere. everywhere. Were they just people's houses or something? No, 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 schools. Proper schools, teachers. So the buildings have just been knocked down and... All forgotten. Sold, moved. Sold, moved, yeah. Well, look, this, you know, it's a bit of a sideways thing, but, it, you know, I did the acknowledgement to the Gulligan and mm. Gadabinud. That brings you to the point of we have the, not problem, but they've got their um, history in the relics and that that have been left around, and here yeah. we've got the Whitefella stuff. Yeah. It's just been wiped out after it's been done with. Yeah, so mm. interesting you mentioned the Aboriginal um, history because we've just, we've had somebody working on it for three years. Nobody had really done much about the local Aboriginal history and one of our members took it on and um, it's a very, it's a, a scant beginnings but we've got the first um, semblance of a family tree of mm. the local Aboriginals and we had a launch of that in, um, in May. May and uh, we had people from all over the district landowners and and Indigenous people um, from all over the district who came to that launch and, and we've had our display up for um, for the last few months. It's actually coming down soon, but it's fantastic to actually see some history of the local Aboriginals. There's been some books written, but um, as far as trying to piece together a family tree, it just wasn't there. So we're very proud of that achievement, which is this year that's happened. Mm. But talking about the little schools, when my when we first moved to Colap, our children were at Larpent and there was 12 kids. Now Where? Larpent. Larpent, mm. so, yeah. So, yeah, just 10Ks out of Colap. Mm. And there was a whole lot of little schools. They called themselves Clips. So it's mm. Carlisle River, Irrawillipi, Larpent, um, Pyrenelic. Um, so they those schools uh, would get together for sports days and things like that. And they were all tiny schools. I think there's only one or two of those schools left now. Mm-hmm. And all the rest have either been sold in their houses or they've actually been picked up and moved to other places. So, yeah, that, I mean, that's just in our time. That's just in the last 20, well, 30 years. Right, now you're both tourists, really. Yeah, what, we are. <laughs> what can, no, I shouldn't say that, no. really. But what got you into it for a start? But you, what, your history is not here yourself. No. It's normal. But what about, where are you from? I'm from Essendon, although my great-grandparents were from this area, so I do have some sort of a local connection. What got me into it was... I just need to know where I came from. I need to know the background, the story of... And Colac family history is an excellent way to find it out. Mm. Apart from that, one of the members was selling raffle tickets on the outside Woolworths one Christmas and I was talking to her, I knew her, and she sort of said, Norma, you need to come back into the family history. We need young members like you. And I thought, anyone who calls me young when I'm in my middle 60s has got me. Which <laughs> <laughs> pretty true. <laughs> but now, you mentioned Christmas. Mm. We still haven't explained why we put mm. now, we put the track on and it was called Christmas <laughs> in the Trenches and it, it's John McCutcheon and it has a story for you but it also had that brilliant story in the song itself. It has a brilliant story in the song itself. So the story is... World War One. we all know the horrors that happened there. And this Christmas Eve, across the trenches, the English people, the English servicemen, heard somebody singing Silent Night from the other side. Mm. They joined in. Then one of the Englishmen started singing up a song. They 
got together, they shared food, they showed pictures of each other, their families. Um, they played footy. Or they played like footy, they played footy. And I find it absolutely inspiring because we've been doing a lot of work with the World War One soldiers there and you look at World War One and you just see the devastation quite often and this I found quite uplifting. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It was a good way to introduce. So now how long have you been in, in Colacan District? Or in the Otways? Uh, 20 years we moved down. So we had a property here a few years when we were living in Melbourne and came down weekends and then we retired down here 20 years ago. And so you've still got an Essendon accent. What about you, <laughs> what about you then, Meryl? Born and bred in Geelong and um, came to Colac 40 years ago this year um, for 18 months to be here with my husband who was in the police force and... Um, promised me it was 18 months <laughs> I'm still waiting to go home <laughs> no no that's not true um, we just fell in love with it and so you're well known to the police love. around you probably <laughs> <laughs> actually actually that probably leads into we we better well better known than we realized we got a phone call um, only a few weeks ago uh, on a Friday morning from a policeman who said look we really need some help is there any chance you can help us find the owner of these medals where they've been their stolen property and we cannot find the owner. And they'd pulled up a car and this person had stolen property and they found these World War One medals. And they had a name inside around the all the medals have a name around the side mm. of them. Mm. And they had the person's name around the side and the policeman had done gone on to Ancestry, he'd put it in the Warnable Standard, he'd put it in the Colic Herald, he'd put it on Facebook and nobody had responded to the, to owning these medals. Mm. And so he rings me on a Friday morning and oh, I don't know what made me say it, but I said, yeah, we should be able to sort that out. You just give me till Monday and thinking, well, I hope I can. <laughs> anyway, um, I was on duty that afternoon and I went to the History Centre half an hour. I was able to tell him who owned those medals. I was so happy. And oh. yeah, <laughs> so... Um, by using the resources that we've got. So we've got a massive mm. data bank. We've got some really good resources we can look up. And um, I was able to track who this gentleman's... Um, he was actually buried in the Colac Cemetery, which is the first thing I found. And then I was able to track who his daughter was. And then I found out that he, she had or died as well. And I, we have um, funeral cards from, mm. from the funerals. And I looked up her funeral card... And it's something a lot of people don't realise we have, and we've got thousands of them, and they have lovely mm. photos of the person who died and all sorts of things. Anyway, inside this funeral card it said um, that Jeff, Del Jeff um, had given the, the talk and she was a Delarue, and I know Jeff Delarue, and I thought, if that's her, if that's his grandfather, if this is his mum who's died and it's mm. her dad who's, you know, all had right. the medals. And so um, I just put two and two together and rang his workplace and said, you know, uh, is Jeff's mum, Marjorie, did she die in 2014? They said, yes. I said, OK, rang the police back and said, it's Jeff Delarue. And they went, what? <laughs> How did you find out that quick? Wow. Answer? Miss Marples. No, but we all do that. Like, we've got, mm. we've got probably, I don't know, more than a dozen active mm. members um, who do who work who volunteer at the history centre, and every one of them could do it because it's the resources. It's not. I mean, you learn how to use those resources, but yeah, the resources are there. Mm. Right. So, well, see, Geelong's got a heritage centre yes. and whatever else. So their resources are they all to or are they all together? Um, so we're all separate groups, and they hold a lot of Colac stuff because Colac had nowhere to put their things when the council amalgamated and so mm -hmm. Geelong got our rate books and other 
things as well. But we we're working closely with anybody who's got our records. So we Sh- shouldn't it all be put in one big uh, big data? You can see by what I'm trying to say by my hand movement, can't you? The one big data bank thing for the whole lot. Well, that would be pretty hard. <coughs> and, and they're they're trying to do that at places like the National Archives. So the National Archives That's is a word trove. I was after. Yeah, is trove. Um, and they're trying to get as much information about that's out there and bring it together. But as long as you're able to search um, for names online, I think it's accessible mm. no matter who holds it. Mm. So we, yeah. whilst Geelong hold our rate books, yeah. we have digital copies of them on our database. Mm. So if anybody comes in, we can search yeah. and immediately see the digital copy. Mm. So yeah. And our database, Norma um, manages that, so she can tell you all about it. It's the most amazing resource we've got, the, the database. It is brilliant. It's got over 325,000 records on it now that cover births, deaths, marriages from the church's Colac Cemetery records. I think we've got about 40,000 mm. Colac Cemetery records. It, that includes, obviously, the parents of the people who mm. are buried, etc. Mm. Um, as I said earlier, we've got the school records. Those school enrolment records cover about 80,000 of those for over 88 schools. Um, Court of Petty Sessions. Which is fun reading. Which is really fun (laughs) reading. from the 1850s and 1860s, so it's all about... And one of our late members spent, Dory Lawson, spent years collecting newspaper cuttings and putting them into books covering various areas. We're scanning all those so that they're all going to be on our records. Um, yeah, so it's just a very, very big database. But So how long has the group been going? Since 85. Five? And it was Since formed 85. by... So um, Colic Historical Society has been going for many Eight. years before that. Yeah. But there was a group of people felt that, even though they do a great job, that they, this group of people wanted to concentrate purely on people, not on artefacts or... You know, building history things. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. They wanted to concentrate on the people, mm. so they formed this. Um, I think it started off as a genealogical group, and then turned into the Colac and District Family History Group. And it met in people's lounge rooms for a while. It was just mm. fantastic that that they, yeah, uh, dedicated their life. And, and and we, one of our members uh, who passed away only a couple of years ago, Dory, that Norma just talked about. She was one of the founding members of the group. And until she was 93, she was struggling up the rampant Copac nearly every day of the week to volunteer. So, yeah, so was, that's where you're located. Yeah, we're located at the History Centre in Copac. Mm. Yeah. You've mentioned a number of schools, and you, you briefly said churches. Well, how many churches were there at some stage then? Oh, heaps. Yeah, I'm going to be asking you. <laughs> I'm asking you all these things. Oh, I'm going yeah, to find. No, that's all right. I want to know why Murray Street's Murray Street too. Oh well, Hugh Murray. Who's Hugh Murray? Oh, Hugh Murray was one of the, it was pretty much the first settler of Colac. He had a bark hut down on the, the um, Lake Colac. Mm. How do you know? Uh, well, he Not wrote letters home. Skeptic. We actually have a letter that um, John Calvert recently um, kindly bought us a copy of, mm-hmm. and it's um, Hugh Murray wrote to his sister in who was still living in Tasmania. Mm-hmm. Um, he wrote to his sister who was still living in Tasmania in 1837, now, considering um, Victoria wasn't settled much before mm, that, I could say Hugh Murray was one of our very first. <laughs> yeah, so that's so why was it was called Murray Street. Murray Street right. yeah. So have you worked at how many churches there were then, Norma? Oh. No, but there would have, they would have been churches covering all the denominations. Yeah. Um, I suspect there were probably more churches here now because there seemed to be 
a lot of smaller churches around yeah. the mm. and and when and you say churches you know <coughs> some of these things met in stables or in people's lounge rooms so they were they were religions that that had they were organized religions in Colac but they weren't necessarily a building so mm. we did have a methodist church and a presbyterian and a catholic and you know there all there were yeah. churches so there that, but yeah. there was bible christians there congregational was, um, I don't. I can't recall yeah, that we I actually have. I know no, we have not the. Out of <laughs> we have the births and the marriages from St Andrews, St John's, St Mary's, the Wesleys, mm. and from Birigara the same. And from Birigara, from St Peter's, yeah. from Adabiak. Yeah, yeah. And did you have orphanages? There is. There was, there was a, one. Or mm, Cuthbert's orphanage yeah. wasn't. Mm. And. We, to be honest, that's been really hard to get a lot of information on. There's a lot of scars. Um, we've had we've had people who've just started to come to us a little bit with just little bits of information, and we ask them, you know, when you're ready, would you be able to come and just actually tell us some more about this because mm. we want to learn. But we haven't had anybody just coming forth yet, and I think it's still too raw. It's it's um, it was closed down within the time I've been in Colac, so. You know, those people are still mm. in the mm. community. So Earlier this year, we actually had somebody over from Tasmania who yep. was looking to yeah. find out more about it. And oh, I good. gather that either he or his father were there. Mm. But They're yes. not happy memories, are they, by mm. what you hear? It sounds so as though they'd be caught up in the... So, so that would well, be after the war as well. That would be... Yeah, it would have been... From things yeah. happening, like we had 13 orphanages in Geelong. Mm. Well, there may have even been more. Yeah private mm. places and after the war a lot of people couldn't cope yeah well, a lot of blokes didn't come home so mums yeah, didn't have and that too mm-hmm. and we um we used to when i was young get children from um glastonbury mm. yeah glastonbury often you didn't have them out on weekends and things mm. and there were some really sad stories from mm. there that it, yeah but really? they're important stories to yeah but we can't to the, hold the local ones, we're really struggling. We had a lovely lady. Um, we have a fa- we have a couple of Facebook pages, and one of our Facebook pages, a lovely lady got in contact with us because we were putting school photos up, and she had Limonite School, and she she said, you know, she had really awful memories from being in Limonite because that's where she went from some Cuthberts, and she was isolated and ostracised for being from the orphanage and I felt really sad and, and that was one mm. we reached out to but she hasn't she said um, she will but she hasn't yet felt that she can come yes, forward so yes. we're certainly not going to push those buttons no, too much we will have to have a break I don't sure. the, the time is going so quickly it's <laughs> nearly 25 past 11 Ooh. and we haven't had a break just on the orphanage thing and yep. and how the orphans were made to feel rotten I went to St. Joseph's College in Geelong and when we swam against the boys at St. Augustine's, we were told not to talk to them because they were dirty and we were to keep away from them because they were, they were, it was, they were, and you weren't to get anywhere near them. Well, that, the, we didn't understand why or whatever, but I think you can feel, get a feeling now with what's going on as to why we were being kept away from them. But, you know, they were basically told to us as being, well, not lepers, but, yes. you know, steer clear of them because mm. they are orphans. And that sounds a bit like this this lady would, being mm. ostracised. And, and there was um, 
there was some physical abuse. I haven't heard of any other abuse. Um, and like I said, I, the background about that place is sketchy to me. And, mm. um, but I, there was a court case of physical abuse. Um, mm. And I think that might have been what was going on at, there like as well. Mm. Yeah, so We're going to put on a Holly's track, which is, <laughs> one of your, which is Meryl's <laughs> that is. choice. And yeah, Meryl O'Donnell's in here and she's a treasurer and media manager. Um, and she's here with Norman Backer. I've got to write that this time. I had a, no, it's Backer anyway. <laughs> and we're you know, having a real good yarn about the Colican District Family History Group, which is really a genealogical thing, but it's a lot of other things as well. Mm. And it's also a safe place to be. And we'll talk about a lot more after we've had this track where you are here on 98.3 FM and 88.7 FM along the coast mm. on Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry. I was just thinking, you know, you'd get there and you wouldn't get out because you'd get so absorbed. <laughs> Where? To the history group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. I know, but that's what's <laughs> happening here. So we still have to have this break, Edwin. Please stop interrupting when we go and have this break here where it's now 24 minutes. Oh, no, it's 34 minutes to the hour. We'll be back after this. That is the Hollies. And uh, a track called "I'm Down," and that last note was huge. And uh, you're on OCRFM's Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry, and we are on 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast. And we are streaming live at all the W's OCRFM.org.au. And in the studio, we've got Norm, Norma Backer, and Meryl O'Donnell from the Colican District Family History Group Incorporated. Now that track, "I'm Down." was chosen by you, Meryl. Why? Well, I think it's um, it's really significant for some of the things that are happening with family history these days. So uh, DNA has been a massive, um, in, a, a massive help to anybody doing research into their family history and, and it's just growing exponentially. It's, it's um, so many people are getting their DNA tested just to try and break through a brick wall and find out things. The downside of that is they're actually sometimes finding out things they had no idea. And that song is about um, a man who found out later in his life that his father wasn't his father. And so that is happening so much with oh, yes. um, yeah with DNA. And uh, it just I've always loved the song anyway, but when I was thinking about, you know, trying to choose a song that one just jumped into my head and I thought there must be so many people are getting such a shock these days to find out the person that brought mm. them up wasn't their real dad or yeah so um he was a bit before his time I guess so yeah and that's what it's all about so people it are is. coming to you and now you mentioned earlier on though that there are 15 of you are, are actively doing stuff yeah so at any one time, you might walk in on a Monday or a Tuesday, there could be anything from two to, what have we got, nine computers? Yeah, so we, yep. yeah two to about eight or nine people there. Working mm. flat out for, for six hours in a row. Um, or And then we have people who do duty for us. We have a wonderful lady who comes in every month and cleans the whole place while we're not there. She's just 
Like an angel. We have a man you who... You can name her if you like. You oh, can send you. You're about to send Cheerios and everything here. <laughs> and we have, oh, we have the most fantastic Harry Dobber, who um, he just, if anything goes wrong, we just ring Harry and he comes in with all in his overalls with all his tools and he just fixes stuff for us he's just wonderful so yeah I mean they're the volunteers that people and don't see and there's you're another two volunteers though aren't you well, yes. We are, but we've got another two down at Warnable who are yeah. very important to us too so one of them is our IT guy and the other, well they're both IT yeah. are they actually, and the other one maintains and actually created our database which is based on MS Access Mm. and they volunteer from down at Warrnambool. Don't mm. come up very often because we team view and things like that, but, mm. yeah, absolutely essential. So Bernie was um, ex-telecom? Ex-PMG. Ex-PMG. PMG, and he's that retired. goes back, yeah. doesn't it? <laughs> and he retired. And Postmaster he, General. Yeah. Mm. And um, so he set up our database, which... It, it's just an amazing database. We'd love as many people as possible to come and see it because it's one of the biggest databases in well, the area. Well, how do you come? Can you come in and have the hunt? You know, can I go along and say, right, did anyone of my name, yada yada, yeah, look in this so area, or is it you guys do all the, the investigation no, no. for us? So, do you want to go through? Well, you you can come in, and we do do the investigation for you. And unfortunately, we have to charge for that because that's how we fund our survive. ongoing operations and survive. Is that all your funding is that way, is it? It is basically membership, books, membership book sales, fundraisers and, and grants. And grants. And research. Mm. That's and it. research. Yeah. Okay. You, you so, you, so that's what happens. We come in. You come in and you tell us what your name is, what your interest is. We sit you down. We charge about $10 yep. an hour or something for the... Mm. And then we'll just go through and find out whatever we can about whatever it is you want to know, if we can. And we normally can. But we will sit you in front of the okay. database and mm. show you how to input the names into the database. So we had a, a gentleman yesterday who was a um, who's a minister, but he, he grew up in Colac. He's spent 20 years here as a young lad and he wanted to know if we had anything on their family. So he was singing out names to me and I'm putting them into the database and saying, well, we've got 40 people with that name or we've got, you know, he was just interested to find out who we, if his family had made a, a bit of a footprint in Colac. He was very pleased to know that his school record was there, that he's he's not been lost. <laughs> and yeah. So, so people are coming from far and wide, are they? Oh, or? yeah. We, yeah. We had um, a lady come from Canada because she found out very late in life that her dad had lied to her all her life and told her that he was English and he was actually born in Colac, and um, his mum is buried in the Colac Cemetery. She died in childbirth not long after he was born. And uh, she found out very late in life through, you know, people being on chat rooms and things on the internet, they actually worked out that her mum was in the Colac Cemetery. And then um, one of our members was in contact with her and the, the um, combination of all of that was she came to Colac to see her mother's grave from Canada with her son and daughter. So we not only, I always say, you know, we're not just a family history group who research history, we actually bring tourism to the district because we regularly get people from Melbourne come for the day, so they buy their food here, they often stay overnight. Um, we 
tell them where to go to see the sites while they're down here. You know, we act like a tourist information centre. We're just passionate about the place and, you know. Are you happy to open it up to more people who are going to be getting paid, even if they're like you tourists, only been here 40 and 20 years respectively? Absolutely, that's what yeah. we're here that's for. We, yeah. Just to well, open it up to everyone. Yeah. So the other thing we do is we hold workshops, training mm. sessions, yeah. seminars, anything like that. Yeah. And recently we had a conservation, conservation clinic. Yeah. So we brought one of the top conservation or preservation people from the National Archives came to Colac and um, he ran a clinic where people were allowed to bring in stuff that they had, letters, um, 100-year-old letters, Bibles. Um, one lady had from the First World War a um, some glass X-rays of her relative with the bullets. Glass X-rays. Glass X-rays. Still in the box, they came in, and it showed where the bullets were in his body. And he finished up dying when one of them dislodged um, mm. many years later. And yeah, he was in his forties, I think. But um, so. Detlev Luth was this man's name from, from the National Archives, and he's well-respected, highly respected. Anyway, we got him to Colac after about a year of, <laughs> of work to get him here. We're pretty persistent. And he held this clinic where 35 people brought along stuff to show him. Mm. And it was just such a fabulous day, and he bought a bootload of archival products, so nobody left without something to preserve their item in. So if you brought a Bible along and you just looked at it and went, oh, my God, you are not leaving this place until that's in the proper archival box okay. with the proper archival tissue paper, and he had it all there. Mm. So that was that was fantastic. But, we, I mean, we do stuff like that all the time. We had a mm. DNA clinic, um, a DNA workshop with the library only a few months ago. So Ancestry.com uh, sent one of their their people down to, to run a, a workshop for 60, more than 60 people down here learning about what DNA is to family history. Well, that was one of the things I was thinking with Ancestry.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, aren't people moving away from a, yeah. a centre like yours or do they come to you to work out how to do it? Now, that that's interesting because they are moving away from, from family history groups, but we're growing. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I think Ancestry obviously creates an interest for people in that but I think once they start looking into it then they realise there's a lot of records you can't get on Ancestry.com that you need to go to your local family history group for the school records things like this the you know the baptism records the, the, the marriage the, all of that the cemetery records um, yes so that actually brings people in rather than say so Ancestry encourage it mm. and then we are able to fill in all the details so and they do say Go, go to your local history group. They, you know, they actually do promote mm. local history groups as such. Good, so, eh? Yeah. So mm. as you mentioned, you said earlier on with your song, um, Norm, was that it was a like a project you were working on with the World War One. Do you run projects and stuff? Mm. We do. We have done a lot of work with World War One with the soldiers. We every year on Anzac Day we have put out crosses in the Rose Garden at, in front of the um, shrine so that every soldier who died in the war in that previous year, 100 years ago, has this, the cross there with his name on it and his date of death. Mm. And Tea yeah, light candles. Tea light candles mm. and the poppies have been around. And again, families have come down yes. to be there to honour you know, their ancestor. And that's 
been largely down to Beryl Clissold, one of our members who has been working diligently on duty called yeah. and working with the World War One soldiers. Mm. Yeah. So it's all stuff that's going on for community and it's generating so much in community itself. So the other major project we've got on the go, look, we've we've got quite a few, but there's two really major projects. One is the duty called, which is trying to find out every service person that's ever served that lived in Colap um, in their life. So whether it's uh, Army, Navy, Air Force, um, Peace Corps, whatever they've done in their life, that that was public... you know, service to the um, in the armed services. Um, we're trying to get a profile of each of those people, so it's a photo and their story. Um, so that's that was part of the World War One was part of that, and the other one that we're doing is almost forgotten because um, we figured we realised that the cemetery records that we've got and the and the Geelong and Colac cemeteries have got of the Colac Cemetery are by no means complete. Mm-hmm. And so we decided that we were going to try and figure out who was buried in the Colac Cemetery from when it started in the 1850s to 1899. That's the first part of our project. Mm-hmm. And we gave ourselves three years to do it. We thought it would cost a couple of thousand dollars because we'd have to buy certificates and things mm-hmm. like that. We're now five years into the project. We found four, more than 400 people who were never recorded on the cemetery records who are buried there. And we know they're there because we've bought certificates that say buried Colac and the date they're buried. We just don't know where. And um, we we're don't, only so If they were buried Colac, do they necessarily have to yeah, have been Colac birthed? Cemetery. They had to have been buried in the cemetery. Yeah, well, it'll, say, it'll actually say Colac Cemetery. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So it says, on a death certificate, it says the cemetery we're buried and I'll say is part of is one of the okay. columns and collar and um so we're only we're not even halfway through the project we're into our fifth year of doing it and yeah 400 extra deaths Amazing. so far we had a bit of a we have people who donate money for the project which is lovely so in the last few months we've had $350 donated to buy certificates mm. and um so we had a splurge uh in August and bought several certificates and added about 50 more names to to people buried in mm. Colin. So some of them are little babies, some are older people. But, yeah, it's it's an amazing project. And what we're doing with that is we're actually picking up who the parents were. Um, some of it's identifying people that we didn't even know were in Colac, but they came here, they lived here for a year or two, they left no other footprint except they buried a child while they were mm. here. So things like that, it's it's just been such an enriching project mm. and that is bringing people from all over the place too. That's so. amazing. But we can't we can't show them a grave because the mm. the ones we're finding, nobody knows where they're buried. They just know they're in the cemetery. So we were sort of talking to Geelong Cemetery Trust when we first started the project about how we're going to get all these names onto the database down the track. So, anyway. <laughs> it's 16 minutes to 12 almost. We're on... Uh, oh, it's really incredible how quickly this is going. I don't believe it. <laughs> We're on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM here on Community Connect with Edwina and Greg. And we're talking with Meryl O'Donnell and Norman Backer from... Norma Backer from the... Uh, from the uh, Colican District Family History Group. And we're going to have a break 
just to take a breath and then we'll come back and it'll be almost 12 o'clock. But we're going to play this song now and it's called The Streets of London and it's got a reason behind it and you will be hearing it very, very much right now. That is Cleo Lane in the streets of London and that was chosen, I know that was Norma chose that, Norma Becker who chose that for us and she is going to try and talk but I'm not going to let her yet until I tell you that you're here on Community Connect with Edwina and Greg McHenry on OCR FM 98.3 and 88.7 FM along the coast where we're talking with Norma and Meryl from the Colic and District Family History Group. That's a beautiful song, I prefer... What's his name, Mattel? John, uh, but Ralph Mattel, yes. Ralph Mattel, but, but Cleo Lane's like got Cleo. a beautiful voice, hasn't she? She, she has got a beautiful so voice. So why did you want us to play that? I think it's apparent, but I'm not going to Oh, basically because I'm planning a trip next year to the United Kingdom and one branch of my family come from East End London and, yeah, hence the streets of London. So you're still chasing up your genealogical stuff. Oh, absolutely, stuff. Totally. Yes, it's non-ending. It's a never. I'd hate to try mine. You never know where we came from. <laughs> no, <laughs> Norma did write a. Um, I won't. I won't go into why, but she did write a, a, um, a news a newsletter article several years ago on "Be careful what you wish for," and I I won't reveal what she found, but it was. It's not what you want in your family necessarily. Well, well no. wait a moment, it might be interesting be radio. <laughs> and I, I hasten to add here, it wasn't close family. <laughs> um, oh, righto, that sounds as though you're trying to get away from something. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I was looking on Trove, which is a wonderful resource of the digitised newspapers, and I just happened to Google in my great-grandmother's children's names, mm. um, or great-grandparents' children's names, and my one of my aunts had said that some of the brothers went to the west and I found them and then she said one of the other brothers went north mm. and I found somebody with his name who was up on charges in Goulburn of assault and battery mm. um, <laughs> so I followed that through and it was him and that led me to wonder what had happened to his children while he was in jail mm. in the 1800s mm. one of them unfortunately died in state care Mm. Um, one of them went on to actually murder his wife and infant child. Mm. Um, so, yeah, be careful what you look for. What you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> you really don't know what you find sometimes. Mm. But interestingly enough, and I found this quite fascinating, he was, as I said, convicted of double murder, and in 1913 it was. He was sentenced to death, it was commuted to life, and he was out in eight years and remarried. Mm. So I... Well, often think about this when people talk about how life doesn't mean life anymore in terms of sentencing. Um, I don't think anything has changed over the last hundred years. It's no. mm. incredible, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah. But he also didn't. He also d he didn't reoffend. Neither no. of them reoffended. They went on to live perfectly blameless yeah. lives. But so oh, he just had a couple of crimes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but yes, <laughs> just be careful what you look for when you're looking up your family history. All right. What do you do else? You, you you, you're not always in the. You're not always at COPAC. Now, we have. I did find on the way there that you actually located in the History Centre at COPAC, mm. which is in, of course, we all know it's in Jellybrand Street, and that you've got a, um, your website is colacfamilyhistory.org.au. That's right. easy, colacfamilyhistory.org.au, and you can send an email to the secretary there, mm -hmm. which is secretary at 
colacfamilyhistory.org.au if you want to yeah. send it. And, and people can do that from all around the world. Now, okay. remember, this is possibly going to go all around the world because mm. we're going to be podcasting it and we've already taken that lovely photo of your people <laughs> to go, to oh, go up on the blog. Yeah. But, but you, do, you, you said there's some sort of synergies with yourself here in Geelong. You're going to head off into Geelong for a, a visit to the Heritage Centre as well shortly, aren't you? Yeah, we are. Do you have other stuff you do? Do you get out and about a bit? We do get out and about, and um, we've organised with Mark from the Heritage Centre to give our members who want to go a special tour, um, and then we'll have a day of looking up local records that are up that they hold up there. But we've been to um, to other places as well. Been to the Public Records Office, had a fabulous day. Next year we're heading off to the National Archives and they'll do the same thing. We organise that they look after. Canberra? No, they've got they? an office in North Melbourne. Oh, they okay. share with the Public Records Office. But we've also had the the privilege of some of the local um, historic houses here. We've been um, guests in their house for our meetings oh, and then right. they tell us the story of the families that... that um, you know, built the houses. and So, yeah, we, we get about a bit. It's not a massive part of what we do, but, but we do do that, you know, at times. So it's yeah. great. Yeah, we don't, we're not only work there, we enjoy ourselves. Yes. We celebrate birthdays, we have but good laughs. To, to go back good. on it, Norma, it sounds as though you're just enjoying yourselves anyway, <laughs> because it's, more than, it's not a task to you. Yeah. You're just so... We love it. Passionate. No, we have an absolute ball there. But I mean, there, mm. there are days there where... Pauline, the manager from the cinema, will walk across to see what's got us in hysterics because the laughter is just <laughs> yeah. wafting across the foyer. No, we but have we, a great time. Yeah. We get a lot of work done, but we enjoy ourselves. And we make sure we stop at 12 o'clock on Monday and Tuesday and have lunch, and we have lunch for an hour, and we talk around the table, mm. and we invite anybody else who's coming down for the day to do research to join us. We've made some really lovely friends that way. If there's a birthday, we have a cake. We, it's just lovely. It's good fun. Yeah. So how much did you charge to be a member and how else do you get funding? Membership is $20 a year and that includes um, four excellent award-winning newsletters. I'm oh, saying so do you want us to pay for the... <laughs> because I've asked to get get on your newsletter. No, no, no. You, we'll, give you a news, we'll send you the newsletters quite happily. But, um, yes, yeah, so the membership is $20 a year. Uh, what was the rest of the question? Sorry, I've uh, sidetracked. No, but how do you get involved? Just basically, you just come in, just turn up, rock up. And you, yeah, yes. Essentially, look, we had one person, well, within the last couple of months, just walk in and say, "I've just retired. I'm looking to do something. What can I do?" And she's now there, yeah. six hours, seven hours a day, two days a week, absolutely enjoying herself, looking and after we love our having photos. her. She's brought such a, a great lot of skills coming straight out of the workforce she's brought such a great lot of skills to the to the group it's and males we just and females it. yeah so um, it's mainly nice it's mainly females oh. sorry oh bang sorry that that was <laughs> that was Merrill just Merrill. punched <laughs> the microphone it's, it's mainly females that are there on the Monday and Tuesday but we do have um, males come and go I, maybe we're we laugh too much or, I don't know but yeah we do have males yep. involved as well but mainly on the research days it's, it's females it is the ma- you're welcome the males, if you want to come along. Yeah, the males tend to be the back room boys, don't they? Yeah. Like the fellows down in Waterbull and Harry yeah. who mm. come and do what we need. But, yeah. yeah. It's a good space to be. Better than going to the pokies. Oh, gosh. Yes. Sorry. Dream yeah. about that. <laughs> Being connected. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, oh, it's really good. And so you've got lots of going to be happening. Yes. And look, the other thing we do is we train people. So if anybody thinks they can't do, don't think they could do what we do there we train people all the time and mm-hmm. 
yeah so they've got to realize that and that's it we get as much fun out of seeing somebody grow and increase their skills as that as they get in learning okay now when's your next meeting if people wanted to pop along oh no they're just coming in when we're open coming they're, when you're open yeah, they don't need to come to a meeting Nope. Right now, what about how you, how do you go? You got a, I know you have got a Geelong Heritage Centre trip you're going into for yep. your family history workshop and whatever else. But what else are you going on? So a fundraiser next Thursday down to Nabby, and it's really important that we we have fundraisers because that's what helps us survive. Um, so that's a, a movie afternoon, and um, so I think we're the first ones that are going to be showing down to Nabby at Colac, um, and then we're following it with a high tea. And the other thing that we've got in our group is amazing cooks, <laughs> so I can guarantee the high tea will be fantastic. So mm. yeah, and I think something like Down to Nabby is a movie that you want to talk about afterwards mm. because it's just going to be a lovely mm. afternoon. So yeah, anybody who's around, come along. Fifteen dollars, get to see the movie and have a lovely afternoon tea afterwards. Wow. Yeah, and, and that's the, on September the twelfth. Yep, and then we've got a, a workshop on um, on finding the convict in your family, and we've, we're bringing down a top expert, Jeanette McCalman, in in um, in convict history. She's amazing. We've both heard her talk, and uh, we were so impressed with her. We said we've got to get her in Colac, and so we've partnered with Copac, who are running a show later in the year called Eden, and that's about a, a convict woman and. Um, We've got Janet McCumman coming down to tell people how to research convicts and then anybody who comes to that workshop will get a really good discount on the price of going to see Eden, the live show. Oh, so, wow. yeah, that's really good. It's a good deal. <laughs> but one thing, how do you go with, I know that there's a, when people were pencilling down people's names, there was so much of a mix-up mix up on surnames and mm. whatever, on how to spell it, and they just wrote it down. That would be something you'd have trouble with, though, wouldn't it? And I, here I am, I've opened this up, and it's a couple of minutes to 12. Oh, dear, oh, dear. I shouldn't have said that, should I? Norma's <laughs> going. No, it, it is interesting. Um, I'm thinking immediately of, one of my ancestors was O'Grady and I spent, they left Ireland in 1854 and their first child was born here in 1855. Small window of opportunity for them to come out here. 40 years I could not find them mm. until I finally found them in the shipping records with their name, as I knew it as O'Grady, spelt G-R-E-A-D-Y. So somebody had just just that's the way just they thought they'd spell it. The way they spelled it, yes. So you do you can get through all those battles as well with well, your database has got Scott. a um, thing that that if you look up one fuzzy logic, yes, they call it. yes, <laughs> yeah. that's what it's got. So yeah. it's built in, and um, if you look up something, you get whatever's very close very to that close as to well. It. Mm. Yeah. The fuzzy mm. logic, yeah, and we've, oh dear, oh dear. and we've become quite expert at reading, yes, writing that's. Not clear because the birth, deaths, and marriage certificates from 100 to 150 years ago. Some of the writing is interesting. Some of the diseases are fascinating, aren't they? That the people <laughs> died of because they're things that we've never heard of anymore. You know, they're and Later. well, yeah, and children dying of teething, teething, inanition, which I've since discovered is failure to thrive. But mm. yeah, they, these things can. It's quite a challenge. You'll come yeah. in and see it us with magnifying be. glasses and mm. passing documents around, yes. We've got to get out of here. Anglicising <laughs> names. Yeah, but also yeah. this precursor, what do they call it? Predictive text or whatever else. Uh, We've uh, got a son-in-law called yes. Derek. His nickname's Des. Des Edwina Derek. types Des in oh. and it comes up Fez or Hi, Sex. Hi, Des, and it <laughs> came up one day, Hi, Sex. Like a, oh, my oh, God. <laughs> 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 Maybe you won't go there. Just, <laughs> the, the numerous ways people spell backer. 
is enough. Yeah. Is that what you? Yeah. Yes, I mean, I get B-A-double-C-H-A, B-A-double-K-A. People decide it's wrong, eliminate one of the Ks. People turn one of the Ks into an R and think I should be called Bark. Bark, is it? Yeah, it's amazing. Well, McHenry has a lot of con- different I, ways yeah, of it as I, well. I think McHenry, nearly every McHenry, McHenry, McInerney. Anyway, we've got to have a get out of here. Next week's going to be not a serious topic. It's going to be about Are You OK Day? Oh, because Are You OK Day is actually yeah, the 12th when you're having a Downton Abbey. So right. the thing is, oh, that'll be perfect. Come and see that and feel uplifted. Yeah. <laughs> Are you okay? Now that's going to be on, and we're going to have in. Um, well, we're going to have Leo Leonora. His name is Leo Kulas from Bowen Health Health Promotions Unit. going to be in, and a Rebecca is coming in from Wellways Australia, but she'll be on the phone actually. And she'll be chatting about my recovery, which is a group program they're going to be running down here in Colac, mm. and it'll be running out of Copac, mm. so you'll oh, see it. It's we'll going to be happening later in the month. But yeah, it's it's uh, Are You OK Day? So, it, Are You OK? When I spoke with her, she said it's Are You OK Day? Sh- should be Are You OK Day every day of the yeah, year, that's right. yep. which it is, but yep. they do have that one special day just to mm-hmm. remind people of yeah. you know, looking after each other. That's and that's great. what we try and do here. Mm-hmm. So, Norma, thank you very much for organising this and Meryl coming thank in. You. And I did have M-E-R-R-I-L-L, <laughs> but we changed it to M-E-R-Y-L, yep. and there are other ways of spelling that there as well. <laughs> we won't go there, and I call Edwina, Eddie, Teddy, or Ed, or anything like that, so I thank you as well for being here, as Ed, on our Community Connect program. A pleasure. We're going to go out. We've got a Casey Chambers number, and who's your, Meryl, That's this mine. one's yours? Yeah. And what, what yeah. is it called? It's Little Bird. Um number four on there. Number four, which is yeah. what I've got lined up. It's yeah. Little Bird. I just, I just love Casey Chambers and I love the messages in her songs. Mm. And yeah, and she's a great, great Australian she artist. She is, and she's just so talented. So, yeah, that's right. why I chose that. And that's <laughs> what we're going to be doing. We're going out with Casey Chambers. You've been listening to Greg and Edwina McHenry on Community Connect here on 98.7 FM and 88.7 FM along the coast. We'll get the podcast of this up as soon as is humanly possible later on this afternoon, one would hope, and we will talk to you again next week. Cheers.